when Sharon asked me <coughs> if I would preach, I'm like, Whew, who am I to preach to anybody? I'm such a, a flawed mess full of mistakes and imperfections and wow. And <coughs> so I had to ask God, I'm like, you know, what am I doing here? And he goes, well, it's because of that. That gives you the right. I was like, fair enough. So what's neat is, <coughs> as we look at ourselves in the mirrors, isn't it interesting? I, I, my original name for today was going to be saying goodbye to 2020. And I thought, what for? Why are we going to constantly revisit the past when it reminds us of not so great things? So I retitled it uh, last, I, I don't remember when it was, like God kept, if I show you my notes, I'll show you my notes in a second. Because I am free. I am free. So we're going to talk about freedom today. Because freedom, isn't that what we're all looking for? You know, there's the ult, there's freedom of, of speech and there's freedom of, of giving, there's freedom of being in the world, there's freedom of driving, you know, most of us that we act as though those are rights, they're not rights, they're freedoms that we have. And... <coughs> We're constantly, we're looking to get places. I want to create success in my business. I want to create the relationship of my dreams with my husband or my wife or my kids. And we're constantly trying to get to all these different places when all reality, we are, we have the ultimate freedom because we, we, we believe in the truth. Because we have Christ who came down and, and did the unthinkable. He created a life without sin to show us possibility and show us that this is the way. And then he showed us in all kinds of different neat ways to do it, man. He wasn't a, he didn't dictate, follow this or I will crush you. And I kind of thought that was neat because <clears throat> as I'm putting this all together, I get, I ask God, have you ever had a conversation with God and he, he gives you like 47,000 thoughts at one time? Well, these are my notes on all these different, oh, hold on, on that side. And then when I unfold this side, it's also on the inside. And I'm going, I only have two hours, man. I'm just kidding. It's like an hour and a half. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, I'm like, what, what's, what do you want me, what's the message? What are we doing? Um, Ken, I'm going to use your guitar stand if you don't mind. Oh, never mind. I won't. There are certain things that I don't touch with Kendall's. I'll put it on the mic stand. There we go. <laughs> so I've been blessed to, to be here with you. So I want to, I know Kendall prayed. Um, I'd like to pray for guidance if it's okay with you all. Oh, man, do I love that, Amelia. I'm grateful for you, girl. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for allowing us to come together today to celebrate you, to focus our eyes on you and not ourselves, to take ourselves out of this day and really focus in on glorifying you and praising you and giving everything that we have at your feet so we can open ourselves up to receive your grace and your message of salvation. Guide me through this day and guide my words as I do what I can to articulate what you asked me to say today. And let us be open as a congregation to hear your words in different ways. In Jesus' name, amen. So, <clears throat> a quote popped into my mind about a, 
three or four weeks ago, and it says, when you, will have, when you willfully give in to sin, whew, when you willfully give in to sin, you are creating the choice to remove responsibility, to step into the person God created you to be. And I went, whoa, I was really glad I was sitting for that, because, <clears throat> you know, there's things that we do that we know we shouldn't be doing, right? Oh, man, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but we do it anyway. And then we remove our responsibility to step into that person that God really, you know, you're here because your purpose and your mission is not over. I just feel that. You know, if I were to fall down right now and, and be done, then my mission or purpose, maybe it was a, there's something you all see from that. You see, everything that we have in our lives, it's all kind of designed to create this message that we are. And God's constantly speaking into us. And we see these, we start separating this, our life into good things and bad things. And God's like, man, this is all designed. Why do you, why do you need to segregate between good and bad? Something to think about. Because everything that's ever happened to you and everything in your life brought you here. It created, you're the person you are today. That loving, caring, giving, serving person. That, that man and woman of God. Our children of God, we are that person. What's up, Facebook? Hi, guys. What's up, YouTube? Good to see you all. So what's neat about it is, well, if, if, if everything is by design and we, if we can remove that, that bad and good, that right and wrong, and, and focus in on God's mission of, man, you know, this is not a great place to be in my life right now. You know, I remember back in March, I got, we, we got a text from Mary and she said, I know somebody in a place, right, she was being really candid about it because this person, I don't want to give up who that person was. But I, I know a person in the place that says the country's going to be shutting down soon. And I remember we were sitting there eating dinner, and that was the first time in years I panicked. And I was like, what? What do you mean shut down? What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, what does shutting down mean? And then we found out. <laughs> And I, we look back and we only see our own world. We only see how that is going to impact and affect who we are. What am I going to do? What am, how am I going to provide for my family? How are we, Danielle and I, how are we going to raise our boys in an environment where they're shutting down the country and then the world? What am I going to do? And of course I'm going to panic because I was talking about me. What am I going to do? Capital I, Steve? Come on. We had to take a step back and be like, all right, all right, hold on, hold on here. <laughs> There's got to be something bigger here. Because I don't, I don't proclaim that God creates these things like, like, like these viruses and this death and fire and anger and all that kind of stuff. But isn't there always something that comes out of that where we grow as people, as human beings? I'm a, I, I, can, I, I don't know, I can't speak for anybody else here, but my level of humility kind of went up a little bit. And my gratitude for the people that are in my life, the ones that are still here. You know, I had, <laughs> I had a good friend of mine die this past week. And it was really heartbreaking because I had just messaged him on November 28th. And he never responded back to me. And I, didn't, I, I was like, well, I didn't message him for him to respond. I messaged him to let him know I cared. And <clears throat> then he died. So I'm hoping that, you know, somehow he saw it. But here's a neat thing. I can only see, be sad because of me. See, he found Christ about three or four years ago. So I get to see my friend David again. And that's cool. I'm so off track. But I ask for God for guidance, right? 
So I'm blessed to be a coach in my life, and, and it's not from telling or asking people how to think. It's to create a different perspective on how we see beliefs. And what I found out is this. <laughs> when you challenge beliefs, you create resistance. But one of the cool things that, that Jesus did on earth was he challenged people's beliefs. Man. Do I have the guts to do that at that level? I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to say I could, but man, he is. He was the man. He did things to people that changed the way they saw life. He gave people hope at such a deep level of, of, of joy and happiness that I don't know how to, I don't, if, I, if I sat here, if you gave me 30 seconds, man, I'd just break down in tears because I start thinking about it. And don't worry, I will get to scripture. I'm just setting us up for something fun. So in order for us to really kind of sit here, I'm going to ask that if something, you hear something and it kind of hits you, I'd like to really take my almost two-year-old niece's example and, and say amen. Not because of me. Please don't do it for me. Thank you. Hi. Oh, I got it back. And we're done. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, and it's not for me. I want you to amen to God because this is, this is not my words. I, I don't proclaim to be a master speaker or a master messenger from God. I just, I just, I, 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 I ask him to help me because that's what we need to do because if not, we're really in a heap of trouble. So in Philippians 2.7, I'd like for all of us, if we can, and if you agree to this, just give me an amen, that rather in Philippians 2.7, it says, rather he made himself nothing. Right, where he removed everything, like, let's be honest, son of God, the great I am, could have done whatever he wanted to. But he didn't, man. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And he put himself in that time down to the lowest so he can really be in the space of everybody. And that's what I'm going to ask you all to do. If you could do that for me, if you can give me an amen, Amelia, I'd like to hear an amen. So here's something fun. I was, uh, if some of you all don't know, I was... (laughs) I was, in, uh, I was in martial arts for a really long time, and I remember starting back, I was like 92-ish, back in the 90s, and <clears throat> I remember going in, and I was a white belt, and I remember getting my tail whooped. <laughs> it was really an incredible experience. I was six foot two, about 240 pounds, and these little tiny people were beating me up. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen, and uh, I, I was like, I want to be like that. And it was so self-centered and so self-righteous that I just wanted to be able to stick up for myself. And, but it, it kind of just turned a little bit, right? All of a sudden I realized that I have this new ability to not just stick up for myself anymore. And I got a little arrogant. And my karate instructor at the time, he says, all right, so <clears throat> one of the duties as a, as, a, as a student is to clean the school. And I'm like, yeah, nice one. <laughs> I'm like, hire somebody for that, man. That's your job. You're the instructor. You're the owner. And I didn't say that out loud, though. I just kept that in my head. And so I'm, I'm cleaning the mat, man. It's just gross, and it's stinky, and I'm cleaning the mat, and I'm grumbling. And I'm, we had to clean the mirrors and clean the windows, and we had to restock the drinks in the, in the refrigerator, and we had to restock the, 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 all the protein bars and all that kind of fun stuff. And, man, it took a long time, and, and it was always, you know, Daniel knows. Daniel, that's where we met. Uh, I was always the last one out, right, just cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. And I was just like, man, grumbling the whole time. And then finally one day, I, was, I remember being by myself, and I had the lights off, and it was quiet. I didn't have any music on, and I'm, I'm, I'm mopping the mat. And 
all of a sudden, I just, something happened where my perspective changed around what I was doing. Now, you got to follow me. I do a lot of walking, Xander. <laughs> and if you get this online, I, I comment and let us know that you're there because it's important for us to come together and collectively praise together. Because like Kendall said, we're more than two are. That's where the church is, right? And I remember sitting there and I was, I was just like, man. And I got lost in my own thoughts and, I, and all of a sudden I felt like there was, there was something bigger happening. That I was no longer this guy mopping a mat. That I was part of something. That I was creating something for the next class or the next morning for people to come into. That they get to come into something more than just a sweaty, st- stinky gym. That, I was, that it, was, it was part of the mission. You see, we, a lot of times we come into church and we be church. I'm sorry, we do church. We're not, we don't be church. We do it. We come in and, uh-oh, there we go. We come in and, and hang out and... Then we go home. And we do our best, usually do pretty good. Sunday, Monday comes around, then Tuesday the devil's like, <laughs> you're tired now. Bam, I'm going to smack you with something. But imagine if we, were, if we would be church all the time. If we just stopped getting geared up for Sabbath. Now I got to, by the way, Friday around 4 o'clock, celebration starts at our house. Like, yes. We're so close. Come on, son. And it's almost like, have you ever watched the microwave numbers? And you're like, come on, one more minute. Hurry up. And you're telling time to hurry. <laughs> 59, 58. And it's kind of like what we're doing on Sabbath, just so we can shut down and be, just be with God and just be a family and do what he wants us to do and hang out. And, because God created that for you. Well, what's neat is, can we be with us today? Instead of being with I or me or, or me, me, I and me, right? Can we be with us as a congregation all celebrating God? Because isn't it all about perspective? Everything is perspective. If you really think about it. Because I have friends of mine that, that don't necessarily believe the same thing that we do. And, and their perspective on life is just, it's different. Like, how can you be happy all the time? I'm like, it's easy. I just do it. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. You can't just be happy. I'm like, ah, there's a difference though. You see, I don't do it for no reason at all. I do it because I've got something different and more powerful behind me. See, here's the neat thing about perspective is that we come to it because of the environment that we're in. You know, when I met uh, Danielle and her family, it was different. (laughs) Right, James? <laughs> and I'm like, who are these people? How are they so happy all the time? And it was because they knew something, they knew the truth. There's your perspective. Because you look back at 2020, and I have a, a group of people that I have the honor to coach uh, once a week. And and I said, what's your biggest challenge right now? And they said, celebrating my wins from 2020. And I said, well, why not? And they said, because I don't want people to judge me negatively. Because they had a bad year. And I said, well, how, how is anybody going to be inspired if you keep your mouth shut? 
Imagine if we sat here, I don't know, I don't know how, Mary will tell me later the count, I'm sure. We'll say there's 80, 90, 100 people here. Imagine if we all just kept the truth to ourselves. Who would know? You know, people read the Bible, they get different things from it. But it's all about perspective. So you look at 2020, and you see what's neat is, yeah, did I get scared? Oh, my goodness gracious. Can I tell you, there were nights that we stayed up at night just talking, going, what are we going to do? And it's perspective on what we're talking about in 2020. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's so vitally important that we really understand and recognize that because of the truth that we have, no matter what happens, no matter what is put in front of you, no matter what kind of sin nature that we have run into in the past, how many angry people are, how many riots are happening, how many economy is being impacted, how the election is impacting people, should I keep going? I haven't even talked about my own injuries. For the, I mean, I was talking to Danielle. I was like, I've been in pain, physical pain since March. Like, it's been one thing after another. It's been crazy. And if we focus on that stuff, whoa, I almost added one more. <laughs> if, we, if we focus on that stuff, we miss the boat because of out of everything that has happened, we have the truth, we have the salvation that no matter what comes, whether it be death, plagues, and I know that there won't be another flood, but imagine if there was, right? It wouldn't matter because we have the, self, we have the truth of salvation from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's the perspective that we need to sit in 100% of the time because people are going to start asking you if they haven't already, what's different about you? Are you insane? Do you not know what happened over the last nine or ten months? And you go, yeah. Because I look back and I'm like, oh, is he coming finally? I've been asking. I think I sent him an email saying, hey, you're coming? He's like, man, goodness, we're waiting. And he's like, not yet, man. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> so I'm... I'm, now we get to get to scripture, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm reading, uh, if you want to follow along, you can. It's, it's um, the book of John. And I had the opportunity to sit actually at Chris's house. And <clears throat> we were watching a sermon. And, and this kind of inspired me to think about this because I never looked at it like this. One of the neat things that we get as human beings is we see things according to what we know. And like I had mentioned before, it's about our upbringing. You know, it's, it's how our parents brought us up and our uncles and aunts. And it's, it's, our, it's, it's who we are, right? It's, our, it's our, you know, our clan. Is that okay to say? It's our people, right? You know, if we all hung out here all day long and they locked the doors in about six months, we would probably be really close to all thinking the same thing. We would all come collectively to the same thought. Well, it's the same thing when we're growing up and things that happen in our lives. We, we have views on things because, of, you know, that's what happens. Well, what ha- and, that's, and it's not good or bad. However, what it does is eventually we only start seeing things from that one perspective. Not good or bad, it's just different. So what's neat is, as I was going through, uh, if you're not familiar with John, you probably are. This is one of the most, this is very popular. It's when Mary Magdalene was brought in front of Jesus and they were trying to get him, right? Trying to get Jesus. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> To putting it, looking to it now, it's kind of funny to think about. Because imagine trying to trick the Son of God. Man, what a comical thing. Anyway, so I'm reading this, and, and, I, and I, I heard it from different perspectives. So I, I heard three different perspectives and three different stories in these short 11 verses. And I thought, whoa, what a way to look at these things. 
Because I believe that the ultimate teacher, guide, and coach, and mentor was Jesus Christ. And he didn't tell you how to think. He showed you how to think. He provided the example of how you can look at yourself in ways that we just simply don't do it anymore. So when we start looking in here, it says, but uh, where are we? I'll start with, uh, I'll start with chapter 7, verse 53. Then each went his own home. Man, after they were frustrated because they're like, how come he didn't bring him in yet? And, they were, and, and, I, th- and I can imagine the confusion, right, because they went down to get Jesus. <laughs> Could you imagine you sent out all your troops and like, all right, go get him. And they come back and they're like, they, and, and, and they say, well, where's Jesus? And they go, we didn't get him. Why not? Not really sure. Started listening to him, and then we just left. <laughs> and you can imagine the surprise, right? <laughs> so they go out again, and they're like, I know how we can get him. Jesus is teaching and telling people the wrong message. So we need to show him how wrong he is. So let's do that. But Jesus went to Mount of Olives at dawn. He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. Now, as I'm talking, as I'm speaking this, we do a really great job of listening it and hearing it. But I want you to kind of maybe envision it, right? Maybe envision, you know, this happening in front of you. As as though maybe you're watching a movie or, or something play out in front of you. Where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Now, from my understanding, they set her up. Oh, my goodness. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teach this woman, teacher, excuse me, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Pause. Now, there's a lot happening here. See, Jesus was challenging their beliefs that you didn't have to work your way into heaven. Thank God for that. Man, I I would have given up a long time ago. (laughs) And he was telling them because of the love and the grace and the mercy of God, you will falter, and he has sent me to save you. And they didn't like it. Because they had been, they had grown up, understanding the law of Moses. They didn't want to hear it. These were the Jewish people. They were frustrated and angry with him. They were manipulating Jesus Christ and attempting to corner him with what they thought were his own words. Has anybody ever done that to you before? I have. I've done that to people. I wasn't always a nice person. Don't judge me. You know how, you're not allowed to, actually. <laughs> you can if you want, but it's not going to hold any merit because Jesus already said it's cool. He's already forgiven me for the stuff that I've done. And that for that I am really grateful for because I wouldn't be able to stand here. I wouldn't even be worthy or valuable enough to even walk up close to these stairs if I had to put my own thoughts into it. But not Jesus, man. He sees us all the same. So they were trying to catch him. They wanted him to be wrong so bad 
And it wasn't that they wanted him to be wrong. They wanted to be right. And they were willing to sacrifice a woman to be stoned to death. So they set her up. That's really intense. That in order to make this guy wrong, we need to kill her in front of everybody. Man, that, it, it, it tore my heart apart to think about where does somebody have to be in their life to have to do that instead of simply having a conversation with somebody. Hey, we have different perspectives on things. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. But nope, <laughs> I'm going to kill somebody you know just to make you wrong. It's really kind of an incredible thought. I mean, it, what it, here's what it did for me, and, and, I'll, I'll, and then we'll, I'll, I'll go a little bit further into this, is what it did for me was made me question, excuse me, it made me question how many people in my life have I made wrong? And then I was like, oh, that's a long list. <laughs> so, the que- so as I'm going through this, I'm gonna, I want to bring questions out and, and ask yourself, have I made people wrong simply for the fact of making them wrong? And it's not, this isn't something new. I believe this is, there's one thing, I'm not a big fan of the devil. It's not very cool. Um, You've got to give him credit. I mean, he's, an, he's an expert at deception and manipulation. You've got to give him, you gotta, you gotta, I, I don't like him, I don't praise him, I think he's stuff I can't say in church. And, uh, but we've got to give him credit, man. He will manipulate you so quickly. You as in us, right? Because we are us. And then Jesus is something. So there's a perspective of of the of the Pharisees and the, and the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. So <clears throat> I'd like to be angry at them, but how can I be angry at them when I can only have pity and sympathy and empathy for them because their pain, the pain they had, was so deep that they needed to do what they did. So how can I even be angry at them? Because they were doing what they believed was right. I didn't say it was right. It was what they believed. And here's what Jesus did. Because Now, you can imagine, right? The Son of God could have turned around and been like, oh, man, can I? <laughs> and just struck them down dead. But he didn't. See, that would have proved one powerful point. that I am the Son of God. Stop trying to prove me wrong. I am him. I am the great I am. I've performed miracles. I've raised people from the dead. I mean, what else do you need me to do? But instead, they were trying to shift it on him. So here's what's interesting. Instead of telling them and reminding them and saying, does anybody want to answer these fools back here? We didn't. He said, but Jesus bent down and started right on the ground with his fingers. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said, Whew, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He, he just spoke this one sentence. And then we go into Jesus' perspective. Perspective number two. And that, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until Jesus was left with the woman standing there. He had them look at themselves. He gave them a figurative mirror. See, <clears throat> we're good at, 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 at being angry at Republicans or Democrats, wherever you lean. We're good at, at being angry at the people that are, are you know, um, protesting or violently protesting. 
We're great at looking at them and judging them. Well, what's funny is they're also judging us. It's a two-way street here. So instead of looking at them, how about we look at us? How are we being? Do we have the right to throw a stone? So I look at Jesus' perspective, and I had to think how hurt his heart was when they brought one of his daughters up to kill her in front of him. And I can't imagine what that would feel like as sitting there as he's, he's like, all right, guys, and I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know what he said. Uh, at the, I, can, I can only imagine it was a message of grace and love and salvation and forgiveness, mercy, and being with each other. Having them turn away from a life of sin by, by coming into him. I can only imagine that. He's given a message of hope. And here's what's funny. He's given this message of hope, and I don't like the word hate. We don't use the word hate in our house, do we, Andrew? Nope. Who do we tie? Hate's a, hate's, a, hate's a bad word. But I can only imagine that's what they brought forward. He's spreading love, and they're spreading the opposite. Yeah, I even have a hard time saying the word. I just say the opposite. So I can only imagine what he felt like, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to have you look at yourself for a minute and look at what you brought into this, this love scenario, this grace message that I'm, I'm, I'm bringing out here. And then he goes on. <laughs> I almost think that, like, he kind of giggled a little bit on this when he said this. Woman, where are they? <laughs> Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And he didn't want to be right, I don't think. Just wanted to spread the message of love and hope. Mm, the grace message. So that's perspective number two. Sweet. Hour and a half left. Thanks for giggling, whoever that was. So <clears throat> then we have Mary's point of view. Has anybody made a mistake over the last couple of weeks? Yeah. yeah, me too. Lots. I lost count after the first 20 minutes of the day. <clears throat> and when we take a look at, at Mary here, is this is what's, if we look at our society right now, um, we're really great at, at, at pushing people down and keeping people where they are and and saying not-so-hot things. If you have a social media account on anything, you probably figure that out yourself. And <clears throat> imagine you're living this life that all that you really know, and then you get trapped, and then brought, in, brought up in front of a whole crowd of people. Like, like I, I'll look up in the air so nobody thinks I'm picking on you. But imagine if one of y'all Somebody found out something that you did over the last six months, and they brought you up here. And then they told everybody about it. Like, that's, that's harsh. And that's what they did. I have to see it from her point of view. I can't judge her because whether I, whether I do a little tiny white lie or I do one of the other drastics, sin is a sin is a sin, So I can't judge you, even though that 
it has been statistically shown in the first 11 seconds if you meet somebody, we judge them. He's got to catch it. So they catch her, right? And, and she's sitting there and she's, she's being pulled through this crowd. And I can only imagine like what it would look like, her, her being pulled, like, like pulled up by all these guys. And they're all going, yeah, we're going to get her, right? I can only imagine what that sight was like. And she's standing there and, and, and then they tell everybody what she has done. I'm sure most of them knew. But it didn't matter because now she's in front of the whole crowd. And now she's standing there and <clears throat> they tell Jesus, like, so... Here she is, man. We caught her in adultery. So now what? The law of Moses said we had to stone her to death. So what are you going to do now? And I can only imagine the, the, the I don't, it's, is terror a good word? I, is, that, is that a big enough word to, 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 to imagine what that fear would look like? I've, I've not, I don't think I've ever been hit. Like when we were kids, we would throw rocks at each other because, you know, we're stupid because we were little kids. Um, but I'd never been hit with a big one, <laughs> right? And so I don't know what that would feel like over and over and over and over and over again until you stop breathing. Like that's, that's very intense to me to think about. So I can only imagine her standing there going, well, this is it. Whew. So I'm going to die now in front of all these people, a horrible death. And not only do I, I also feel intensely horrible because I'm standing in front of Jesus Christ and this is what's happening. So I, can, I put myself in her place, her perspective of what this is happening with her. And then he lifted it all off her. I remember back in 2010 sitting inside of uh, um, First Baptist Church where Big Daddy Weeb was playing. I was with you guys. And the song Redeemed came on. And it was the first time I really felt grace. And I just couldn't stop crying. It was, a, it was through the whole song. And I remember telling Danielle, I remember asking, I was like, is this what it's like? And she's like, what? And she's like, are you okay? What's wrong with you? And I said, forgiveness and grace. And she says, what do you feel? And I said, look at me. I can't, I'm, I was uncontrollable, shaking. Because for the first time in my life, I felt free. So I can only imagine, and it was just some guy sitting in a concert listening to a song. I wasn't being persecuted. I wasn't being shown in front of everybody. I wasn't facing death at the time. Or maybe I was. Maybe the, I was facing the eternal death by not receiving. I, I don't know. But I remember sitting there just, all, I just was, it was such an overwhelming feeling. So I can imagine she's standing there going, this is it. And, and, and Jesus says, if those who have sinned throw your first stone and they all turned away. And, and then he says something so powerful that it just, it's mind-blowing. That then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. And at that very moment, she was able to receive Christ as her Savior and live her life. And live and be free and sit there and say, I am no longer attached to what I have been up until this point. I am now free to live my life with Jesus. Of, I, can, I, am, I am worthy of great things. I am a valuable person. And it's okay to be happy. It's okay to receive joy. That my life of, inf uh, uh, of infidelity and and. and the cheating and, and premarital, like all of that stuff that was weighing her down that she just didn't, I, I can only imagine she only felt 
sadness and, and, and self-condemnation uh, because of the life that she was living. And because Jesus said that one sentence, go now and be free and live a life, uh, uh, live a, a life free of sin. Or, I'll have to go back and see it in a second. But because of that one statement, don't get stuck on what I, what I said. Be with the message. Because of that statement, she was able to live and not live on earth, but live at the right hand of God for eternity. Because it's all about our perspective on how we see things. It's easy to judge, my friends. I hate to say it out loud. I still do. It happens. If you think you don't sin, well, we broke one of them. I shall not lie. So we all do. Do we do it willingly and give up our responsibility of being the person God made us to be? Or do we sometimes make mistakes? And we step into his forgiveness. And we drop on our knees and just simply ask. I don't believe that in, in 2010, it was July 26th, it was actually my grandfather's birthday, my gramps. July 20, it was just irony. <laughs> July 26th of 2010, I got baptized. And one of the neatest things that Kendall said to me, he says, if you think life's going to get easier, think again. Greatest advice I have ever gotten. <laughs> because the devil came full double-barrel shotguns, man. And every single day we have to get up and re-pledge ourselves to Jesus. Because the day before was the day before. And we could do one of two things right now. We can pull our baggage along with us from 2020. Oh, it was such a hard year. I lost my job, lost my friends, I've lost family, I've lost this, I've done that. I have been this person. Oh, I, let, me get the, let me get that other bag of the person I was. I'm going to put this one on my back and um, I'm probably going to have to have my kids carry the rest of my baggage through 2021 because I don't have enough hands. I'm going to carry all this through or we can let it go. And kick it to the curb and be redeemed by Jesus simply by asking him and believing what you're asking for to receive and allowing the grace in your life and the mercy in your life to allow you to be who you are. And that's a human being. Because human being, if you notice this, human being, it's being human. From the beginning of, of, of humankind, we have sinned. You're not escaping it. It doesn't go away just because we, we commit ourselves every day. It allows us the freedom to be the renewed in his spirit. And when we renew ourselves in our spirit, we actually get a new beginning every single time that we do it. It's 1151 right now. 1151. You do it right now, you're renewed in Jesus Christ. And then you become a new person again every single time you do it. Look, I make mistakes all the time, and it's okay to do that. It's whether or not we decide to make the mistakes on purpose. It's whether or not we, so I know that's a sin, I'm going to step into it anyway. It's whether or not we do that. It's in our heart. Christ, thank God for him, spoke and said, I don't look at your, 
I don't look at what you did. I look in your heart at what you think and feel and how you love and how you show up for people. The coolest thing that I've seen this past year was how people cared. It's easy to see the hatred. I've had people reach out to me and just say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I hope you're doing okay. I was like, wow, that made my entire day. So here's what I'm going to, I want to encourage you to do. You don't have to, you know, send scripture or anything like that. But if, if somebody popped into your mind right now and you just want to ask them if they're okay, you don't have to pick up the phone and call them if you don't want to. Just send them a message. Send them an email. Anything. Hey, I hope you're doing okay. We're ready to have a good year together. And you have no idea what I could do for somebody. I had a, I'll end here. I had a friend of mine that I didn't know at the time. And <clears throat> he, was a, uh, he was a pastor at a church out in, uh, I think it was Texas. And he did some things that the church really didn't believe in. It wasn't crime or anything like that. It wasn't anything crazy. And <clears throat> the board kicked him out as a pastor. And it was his whole life. His whole life was to preach the word of God. That was his, like, he just lived for it. He woke up and got into scripture and, like, man, he talks about his, he's way, like, I'm a big dude, kind of, but he's way bigger than me, just a big towering guy. And when he spoke about God, man, you could feel it. And when he got kicked out of church, he lost his identity because he put so much into the word pastor that he just didn't know who he was anymore. And then they ended up <clears throat> questioning it, whether or not God, man, I can't imagine this, whether or not God accepted him for who he was. And then he stopped showing up for his family because he couldn't. He didn't believe he was worthy enough. His value and his worth came from the preaching, not from the gift. And I'll tell you this story because he said it publicly, so I can. He was sitting on the edge of his bed one day thinking he couldn't do anything else more on this earth. Couldn't be there for his family. He thought he was more of a burden on his family than anything else. And he had a gun in his hand. And he was, that was it. That, that was the day. And he just sat there. He's like, I just sat there. He's like... I, I just looked at it, and he's like, I wonder when it's going to happen because it's going to happen today. He's like, I'm here. This is it. He had already made the decision. And here's how God works. And this is the opportunity that you have. The moment that he took it off his lap and started creating the movement up towards his head, his phone went off. And it was his buddy Jefferson. And he says, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. <laughs> and he's like, can I come over? He's like, I'm kind of busy. He's like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm coming over anyways. Click. Now that guy stands on stages where he's preaching the gospel to 20-some thousand people. And I have the honor to know him. He doesn't talk to churches. He talks to people. He stands in company and business um, uh, conferences. And it always starts off business and ends up in grace.
you have no idea how God's using you right now until we actually step into it. God has a purpose for you. And if we can take that into the year 2021, you have nothing but miracles in front of you. I don't know, there was a bunch of other stuff he wanted me to say too, but we'd be here until tomorrow. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for allowing us a place to be free. Thank you for allowing us to shake off the chains. Thank you for letting us, having us let go of our anchors that are holding us back, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be worthy because of you, Lord. That our value does not come from earthly possessions or words of affirmation from people. That our value comes from being a son and a daughter of you. Thank you for, for loving us for who we are. Seeing us for who we can be and releasing us from who we were. It's allowing us the space to create love in our lives because you've shown us how to do it. Thank you for, the, thank you for forgiving Mary for being with her, Lord. Thank you for allowing the, the Pharisees and the lawmakers to see a different perspective, to allow us to see a perspective in our lives. That allow us to stop seeing people as right and wrong, but to see people from how you do, Lord, in their hearts. For what they feel as they believe and they love behind. Allow us to walk the earth as you did. And to heal people with God's word. And to live the example of love. And to inspire through your words, through the words your great book. But let's come together, Lord. This is, the, this, is our, this is your year. We will proclaim you from the mountaintops. We will stand tall. Give us the strength to stand tall and speak and be the person you want us to be, Lord. God, protect us from the evil one. Let us see him coming like a Mack truck. So we can sidestep him and walk into your grace. And until the day you come, we will praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.